Taylor cutting it to his right, trying to get it to Kramaski. Uh-oh. Lionel Messi around Zimmerman. Messi! Today. Look one. at this. What's that going on? Good. good to be with you guys. Hercules Gomez, Mauricio Pedrosa, Salazar, excuse me, is still competing at the Little League World, World Series. Now he's reporting. Report. He's a reporter. It's not competing. It's a reporter. Oh, I, that's a. Well, I feel embarrassed. All right. Okay. Uh, welcome. How you doing, my man? I'm doing fine. Uh, I think I'm. See, this is the moment that I, I was hoping never got to us. No more Leagues Cup. Leaks Cup is over. I had this amazing toxic relationship with Leaks Cup that I, I'm not sure how my weeks are going to go by without it. Mm. It was great. Amazing toxic. It was great. It was great. Uh, full show. We're going to have, we're going to do a great recap. Stuck up, stuck down on all Leaks Cup topics. Obviously a preview of the Women's World Cup final with Alexis Nunez on site. Remember to download the Football Americas podcast, but let's get things rolling. Yes, it is the final. Nashville hosting Lionel Messi and Inter Miami, the final. It doesn't get better than this, and it doesn't get better than Lionel Messi doing it again! His 10th goal of the tournament! How do you leave Messi that much space? And Miami's leading after 23 minutes! Wow, they barely had the ball under Miami. Kramaski makes a meal of it, falls to Messi, he does the rest. But then, ah! This is an own goal. Uh, listen, I love me some Fafa Pico. I do, I do. But look at this, he heads the ball backwards and it's Kramaski off a Drake calendar and calendar into his own net. That's an own goal for the goalie. Now, 71st minute is again Lionel Messi. And is the post denying him? We're still tight, 1-1. He's quiet until he's not. Picks up these pockets, finds the space, sees a sliver, and then makes you pay for it just nearly there. Then we have to go to PK's, and it is Calendar with an amazing PK. Miami was taking the lead, and it was time for the other keeper, the 11 penalty. Panico panicked at the crucial moment, and Inter Miami and Lionel Messi are your League's Cup champs. First title in club history. What a fairy tale for Inter Miami and Lionel Messi. And that is his 42nd career title. That makes him the winningest man in sport history. Top flight, top flight football. He also won at a youth level with Argentina he overpasses his former teammate, Danny Alves, but not that number hurt. It's just incredible. 42 career titles for Lionel Messi. He came, he saw, and he conquered. Yeah, you know, I was joking about it during the penalty kick shootout, how funny and how cool it is to see Messi nervous, anxious in a shootout, in a League's Cup shootout against Nashville SC. Of all the venues that he's been to of all the situations he has been in. 
World Cup champion, Copa America, Champions League, at the biggest of moments. And here he is in Nashville, and he looks tense. He looks nervous. Oh, He's he was, cheering he his teammates on in a PK shootout. It, it kind of just blew my mind. Uh, I'd love to sit here and say, you know, that the game won. Soccer won. But sometimes it's not like that. If you're a national fan, you would say, well, this should have been our moment. You know, we presented some very good football throughout the tournament. Uh, we did it the hard way. Look where we're at. Look at the road to get here. But Inter-Miami, with everything they were struggling with and up against, came into this tournament and were a completely different team. Now, I say that metaphorically and I say that literally. Because if you look at who started some of these games to how they finished the complexion was different. Every three days, they were announcing a different, different player. Uh, the first game against Cruz Azul, Messi doesn't start. Busquets doesn't start. Jordi Alba wasn't there. Diego Gomez wasn't there. Some of these players that they're integrating into the system, we've not seen yet, like a, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tomas Aviles uh, or, or Facundo Farias, their new signing. And this team just keeps getting better. And they got better at the right times. And Tata Martino pressed the right buttons. And you have to give lots of credit to... To um, Gary Smith and yeah, Nashville SC and yeah, what they yeah, did yeah. and how fun they were to watch. But, man, from the get-go, this was just Messi's tournament. So let's talk about the game itself. Every single Inter-Miami game so far was action-packed. Inter-Miami scoring fast. Five goals in the first 15 minutes of League's Cup. A lot of goals, a lot of action. But then in the end, some exceptions, but... They were really dominant all, all, along the, all along the games. But the second half especially, even without opportunity of Messi hitting the post, it felt like it was Nashville's there to lose. Yeah. What happened in that second half? Was it that Inter Miami got exhausted, tired? But it was a really intense and dramatic game. Well, you've got to take care of your opportunities. There's an opportunity uh, in the second half, around the 70th or so minute, where Hani Mukhtar uh, is driving with the ball and slips Sam Surridge a ball. And sure, it's a great save by Drake Callender, but it's one that you have to put away, one that changes the game. It changes the game for good. What we saw with Monterrey in the semifinal, how they ran out of legs and then Nashville just overtook them, is what I thought we were going to see. Yeah or what we started experiencing in the second half with Inter-Miami. They started looking slower, not reacting as much. And maybe the fatigue started setting in. You have to remember, uh, Messi's 36 years old. Busquets and Jordi Alba are, are entering their mid-30s. Uh, they didn't a, have a preseason. They didn't have Just a preseason. The it's seven games in about a three-week span. It's a lot of different games, a lot of different type of environments and conditions, whether it be field or weather. It does impact the player. And I thought they would die out. I thought we were seeing the demise of Inter-Miami. And then it just takes these brief moments where you realize, I still have the greatest player who ever played the game on this earth still on this team. And, and, and while and we heard this in the telecast, while uh, Nashville may have been the better team or has the better team, Inter-Miami has a better player. That was the perception, at least towards the end of the game, that Nashville was the better team on that field. But now let's talk, let's talk some more messy, because after the semifinal against Philadelphia Union, we said on Football Americas, this was, or that one was Messi's worst game so far with Inter-Miami. He scored, yes, but only 44 touches, and he did Least impactful. Least impactful is the right way to put it. What about this game? How, how would you rate... Messi's performance in the final. 
I thought it was a typical Messi performance. You know, he's, you don't think he's impacting the game until he does. And when he does, it's too late to react. I mean, the goal that Messi scores, Kramaski like literally got his head up and made the wrong play. And Messi was kind of like, oh. And he realizes that there's a deflection and the ball comes to him. And it's not like it's terrible defending. Walker Zimmerman is the first one up, and they actually come to a close in a 50-50 ball that yeah. Messi wins. He didn't want to and foul then, him, clearly. And then there's four other different players from Nashville that surround Messi. And Messi takes a touch, takes another touch, sees a sliver of an opening, and just bends it around where Panico can't do anything. I mean, you cannot guard this. He's straight unplayable. Anything you try to do, he sees the opening he's going to take advantage of. He's that type of player, and that's the difference in these type of moments. Greatness defines these moments, and Messi just oozes that greatness. We, we also spoke about how easy, quote-unquote, easy look for Messi all along the way so far. But I think this final tells a different story because it was indeed a very competitive final. Again, 90 minutes for Lionel Messi, 55 touches. Those three shots on goal led the team, again, in 90 minutes, again, against uh, Nashville. But I, I, I want to ask you this because it feels like not only the people that follow really, really closely Major League Soccer or CONCACAF play, Liga MX, but there were a lot of eyes on this game that maybe for the first time are taking a look at this kind of action. How would you describe the game itself for those that watch at home? I thought it was a great final, entertaining final. A lot of times finals are tense. Yeah. You know, they're boring. It's a gridlock. Uh, it's just kind of a lot of midfield errors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought this was uh, entertaining into in moments. Both teams play a conducive style. So there's uh, so, you know, you're a boxing uh, fan. They say that styles make fights. This was a great fight to make because of the styles. One team that's going to sit, that's going to wait, be opportunistic, counter at pace in transition. Another team that likes to possess the ball, that has special players in the final third, that's going to want to open you up and find those and take risk to find those openings. It led to back and forth action from both teams. It led to great moments for Messi, Hani Mukhtar, Sam Surridge, uh, Leonardo Campana at the end. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. You saw some good defensive play. You yeah. saw some big yeah. goalkeeping moments. I thought it had it all. The only thing I was missing was a little VAR controversy, but I've had enough <laughs> no, I'm of so VAR glad. controversy. No, no, no. I'm so glad we didn't stuff. have that. But I thought it was a very entertaining final. And to answer your question, if I'm a neutral and I see this, I'm seeing a sold-out Geodes Park, okay, uh, to the gills. Uh, the largest soccer-specific stadium in the country. Sold out. And you're not seeing it sold out in a way that you thought you might see a stadium hosting hosting Messi sold out when no, it's all no, no. pink. No, it's black and yellow. It's black and yellow cheering on Nashville, a team that knows exactly how they play, trying to take on the best player who's ever played the game. And for large portions of this game, you thought they were going to pull it off, and then greatness takes over in an individual moment or two from, Leon, uh, from Lionel Messi and game over. Uh, in just a moment, Luis Miguel Echegaray, who had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Lionel Messi on Friday, if I'm not mistaken, is going to join us live from Nashville. But, but because, uh, before we join him, um, this was supposed to be a competition between Major League Soccer and Liga MX. In the end... It is two Major League Soccer teams playing for the final. In the end, it's three Major League Soccer clubs in the podium. Is it something, nothing, or everything?
that we had this outcome it was in what was supposed to be a clear competition between two leagues. Yeah, this is something. Um, it can't be nothing because back, I'm old enough to remember where Liga Mekis came and played, and it didn't matter what Liga Mekis club came to play in the United States, and it was uh, in, frente, in tu stadio, in frente tu gente. It was, in, you know, in your place, in your stadium, in front of your people, we're going to beat you, and, and normally they would beat these major league soccer clubs. That's changed now, um, and we see this by the results in this tournament, the, the thumping that LAFC gave a team, you know, like Juarez, uh, the, the very good play of Nashville versus teams like Club America, Monterrey, uh, the great moments that we saw uh, throughout this tournament from Liga Mekis teams or suffering at the hands of Major League Soccer teams. But it can't be everything until the playing field is even, until you have a home and away or a neutral venue. I, I thoroughly believe that the elite clubs in Liga Mekis, the Club America, the Regios Tigres, and Monterrey, and add your fourth team, if you will, that goes in cycles in, in Liga Mekis in Mexico. Add Leon, Santos, Toluca, or Pachuca. Those are the four teams that I think mm -hmm. go in cycles in Mexican football. Um, every couple of years they have a good cycle, something like that. Add that fourth team, they are still better than I think the top of Major League Soccer. But everywhere else to the bottom, I think Major League Soccer has not only uh, closed that gap, but overtaken a lot of that midfield, if you will, that mid-table. And that should be a problem for Liga Meki yeah. and the Federation and Mikel Arriola. But it shows you how far this gap is closed. So it can't be just not nothing. It's something. To me, that is the biggest storyline, that the gap is closing or... At least, to me, there's no gap whatsoever. Oh, there's still a gap. I think they're equal parts. And I understand the argument that you just presented, which has been replicated by Liga MX fans all over the place. Hey, hey, but now you got to come and play here. Now you got to come and play Estadio Azteca. Now you got to come and play El Volcán. Right. Play at the altitude of Toluca. Yeah. Fine. I, I completely understand that. But before that, Mexican clubs used to dominate even when they played here. That doesn't happen anymore. So now, if there's a Mexican team playing a Major League Soccer team, it's a toss-up. And I think that's progress for Major League Soccer, and I keep insisting on the following. Major League Soccer is a league that's going upwards. Liga MX is going downwards. Eventually, they were going to meet halfway, and I believe that halfway is right now. The contract is signed until 2028. We're going to have more League's Cup editions. This very same format, I don't think so. I think something's going to have to change because of all the things that have been said by Mexican clubs. I don't see a situation where every Liga MX team plays home away versus an MLS team. I do see a scenario out Agreed. there where there are host cities for uh, some of these Liga MX teams and maybe another scenario where there aren't as many major league soccer clubs because there's going to be 30. So 30 versus 18 is already having the upper hand. So there, there's going to be something there. All right, it's time to join Luis Miguel Echegaray to welcome him on Football Americas, joining us live from Jody's Park in Nashville. Luis Miguel, welcome. It's good to have you on. Congrats on a great conversation with Lionel Messi the other day in Miami. Let me start by asking you this about the atmosphere. I always wondered if there ever was going to be a situation in which Messi was going to experience an away game when he played here in the United States of America. Tell us about the atmosphere in Nashville. 
What a great way to start, ma'am. I thought that Nashville represented the perfect host for this final. I was very impressed with the stadium before even a single person entered it, right? And I think that once that crowd got going, once the game got going, I really, for the first time, and I've been all over this country, seen many stadiums, I really felt that this was the most powerful example of what U.S. MLS domestic-based fan-based crowds can do. They were tremendous, pushing on Nashville SC all the way. Even when Lionel Messi scored that ridiculous goal. When have we, have we said that before, by the way? I thought that really they were fantastic. And they pushed on the team. So the atmosphere, man, by the way, was remarkable. One of the best. And obviously, not the ending that the home crowd wanted, but they should be very proud at the fact that they have cultivated something that obviously began even before they entered MLS. And to me, that's really, really special. It's a perfect ending. Lionel Andres Messi is an MLS, North America, but also we have now a community here in the U.S. that can really cultivate not just Messi, not just these stars, but overall all over the country. Luis, Luis Miguel, what's up, my man? I, you know, it looked on TV like the split was almost like 90-10, like 90% Nashville fans, maybe scattered 10% into Miami fans. Uh, if that's the correct perception, let me know. If not, please let us know the split there. But my question here is... There are moments in a game, regardless of who, who you cheer for, where you're watching greatness. Uh, somebody gets the ball, it's messy, you're up on your feet, the crowd hushes. How many of those moments did you experience uh, here at Jadis Park? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's go with that first part, by the way. I, you, you're close with 90-10, Herc. I think it was probably about 97-3. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Honestly, it was <laughs> intensely Nashville. But you're you're gonna get you're gonna get Messi and Argentina shirts all over. And there was obviously that crowd, the Inter Miami specifically, by City Southern Legion, because Jorge Mas and the owners, you know, bought the tickets for those guys to come, which I think is a is a great commendable act from the owners in that perspective. But it was overwhelmingly. And it wasn't really anything that, you know, distracted Leo at any point. He kept doing his thing. And to the second part of your question, it was 50-50. At the beginning, it was more booing. Every time he touched the ball, it was booing. But, you know, it was the same thing with Philadelphia Union. Obviously, Philly fans are going to do a little bit more than booing. But today, every time he touched the ball, there was a little booing. And then when he scored that opening goal, that free kick, it was kind of an amazing experience because obviously Inter-Miami up, but everybody stood up because they knew that they would just witness greatness. Whether you were disappointed about the opening goal, that's a different story. But everybody stood up in that stadium. So it was kind of a mixture of understanding that you're witnessing greatness, but at the very same time, just like Nashville SC was trying to do, how do you quiet down greatness? And for the most part, collectively, they really pushed them to the limits because they went to penalty shootouts. But overall, a great experience. Definitely fan, messy fan bases all over. But really, Nashville, that crowd, was ridiculous tonight. Luis Miguel, let me ask you something because I remember when David Beckham was in Major League Soccer um, as a player, about the time we started seeing his popularity or that hype kind of fizzle out was about the time he lifted up that first trophy. Well, Messi just lifted up a trophy. Are we expecting the Messi hype to die down at all very soon or you think this is going to keep going? 
I, it, I don't think it's ever going to stop. It's just going <laughs> to grow. The snowball might slow down when it grows at some point, but it's still going to continue because this is just what he does. The thing is, whenever we have this conversation about Leo Messi and what he does in MLS in the space of about two months and the, you know, the ridiculous sort of popularity that he's generating with people that are not even into the game, we have to remember that he's been doing this since he was 19 years old just kept continue to grow and grow it's just that now it's more special i think for a few reasons we have to remember that he's in miami the latin american capital city of the world more than 70 percent are latino or afro latino that live in that city and they celebrate this and every single time he touches the ball or he enters the field he does anything it's going to be celebrated here and by the way here's another component herc America loves underdogs. He is the ultimate underdog, a, a kid that needed growth hormones to even be a professional. And look where he is now, 44 trophies. No human being on this planet in the male's game has ever done that. So I think this messy effect, messy mania will just keep going and going and going. It depends how fast and how slow it goes, but it will definitely continue. Let me go off script a little bit here, uh, Luis Miguel, because Herc was referring to Messi's reaction during PKs. He right. was nervous. He just couldn't control himself. <laughs> uh, and, and, but but I think that's, that's a great sign. It means he cares. And I think that's been very, very palpable since he got there. He cares. He's committed. And let's be honest. When he was at PSG, I'm not going to say that he was not professional. He was a 100% professional. But the attitude was different. Why? What's been the main difference here at Inter Miami so far? What a great question, man. I think it leads up to um, uh, cough, cough, my one-on-one -on -one with Leo Messi, where the first question was about that. I have never seen you happier, Leo, honestly. I've never seen you enjoy your game so much. And he said, you're correct. I had two horrible years. Obviously, he didn't refer to the club, but he was talking about PSG. And now that he's in Miami, his family is happy. And come on, boys, we know this. It's a simple truth. When your partner is happy, your family is happy, you're going to be happy as well. And that's exactly what's happening here. So because he's content of the pitch, he's able to now really focus on it. And make no mistake about it, he wants to win. And to your point about the penalties, it wasn't just that. But when Leo Campana could have won it in regular time and he missed, oh, my God, his face just dropped. Yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing? We could have done it right there. So that, that passion doesn't go away because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, he's a professional but he's still that kid that just wants to win and win and win and that like you said is nothing but good news not just for Miami not just for Messi but for the overall state of competition it was fantastic to see up next for Inter Miami is a chance for another trophy semifinals against Cincinnati in the Open Cup but you've been following the team what have you heard regarding the plan is it time to rest the stars? Is it time to give Messi, Busquets, and Jordi Alba a little time off? You know, that's a really good question because I think there's a, a few ways you can answer that. Number one, I thought tonight, I love the man. I've talked to him many times, but it was probably the worst performance I've seen Sergio Busquets play for Inter Miami. Does that 
come because of the fact that he's a little tired, perhaps. Jordi Alba wasn't given the same opportunities in terms of that wide side, so I'm not sure. But here's the other thing, right? Now that you have a trophy, obviously you want to keep winning. And by the way, if you don't know who Tata Martino is, this man doesn't care about, you know, oh, I'm going to think two weeks again. No, he wants to win every single game. So I do worry about that. But we have talked about that a lot. He's Leo Messi, but he's 36. And by the way, after the Cincinnati game, the U.S. Open Cup semifinal, there's also the start of the regular season for MLS once again away at Red Bulls. And by the way, Argentina will be coming and calling for World Cup qualifiers in September. He's going to play your side of the woods in LAFC on September 3rd and then travel to Argentina, play at La Paz, and then he's going to come back to Atlanta United. So you have to balance all that fitness. You have to balance all that chemistry because it, it's not going to be, you know, a, a situation where longevity is going to take you. He's 36. I know he's Leo Messi, but he still needs to rest. So I'm intrigued to see what Tata thinks of against Cincinnati. I'm thinking because it's a semi-final, he's probably going to be like, nah, boys, screw it. We're, we're going all out here once again. I'm sorry. And I think the entire team will be like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, they, they probably should do that. They got to win nine out of the next 12 games to secure that playoff spot. And let me ask you a question, Luis. Yeah. Luis Miguel, uh, <laughs> exactly. you, you, mentioned, you mentioned Tata Martino. Do you get the sense that this is kind of like a vindication tour for Tata Martino uh, and, and what he's doing here uh, with, with everything he's had? He's had to eat crow with the Mexican national team and the pundits down south. you think this is vindication for him? He feels that way? <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I'm looking at you, too, I think. I think that's the part of it. Look, I mean, you can't forget what Tata Martino has done with Atlanta United, right? You can't forget that. He also created a cultural revolution when he won with that team, Miguel Almiron going to Newcastle, all that stuff. And then, obviously, the the things that he went through with the Mexican national team. Don't worry, Mal, I'm not going to go too far into this one. But Appreciate him coming back to MLS. By the way, by the way, coming to a team that obviously had not won for like a month and a half until Leo Messi came, of course, a team that, as we're talking about, mathematically speaking, is really not going to make the playoffs anytime soon in the regular season. They, I mean, you know, it's not mathematically impossible, but it is very, very difficult. So him now winning League's Cup is a massive thing. But here's the major component for me. Yes, Leo Messi takes all the headlines. There is no doubt about it. Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, yes, new players came in, absolutely. But you need to create a culture in which all those players are happy and playing well. And throughout this entire tournament, Leo Messi has done his thing. But come on, guys, the entire chemistry of that 11 is fantastic. Benjamin Cremacci has been wonderful. I think Drake Allender should be really rivaling uh, Matt Turner for that starting sport in the USMNT. Mm. And that takes a lot of credit, not just for Leo or the teammates, but for Tata Martino. He's done a tremendous job creating a balance, a balance, because Miami can be a circus, both as a team and a city. And Tata came in and said, guys, we're going to do our thing. We're going to have an identity. We're going to have a focus. We're going to have a direction, and we're going to win. And all of them, including Leo Messi, said, let's go, Tata. Yeah, when Tata's happy and committed, he can do great things, no doubt. Did Luis, Mi Luis Miguel just say, Drake Calendar over Turner, yeah. he's, he's hitting up Broadway already before work. What's going right, on? Right. <laughs> hey, Luis Miguel, uh, great stuff, brother. Go get some rest. Go get some more colorful shirts because I feel you're going to be on the road for quite a while. Yeah. Excellent job, my man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, man.
Thank you, boys. Thank you. I'm going to get divorced now because all I do is follow Leo Messi. <laughs> it's all right, man. Things happen. Luis Miguel is joining us live from Nashville. And we have now more spots secured for the upcoming 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup. You know who's going to miss out. That's going to be Leon because Monterrey lost to Philadelphia for that third place match earlier today. Well, no. Leon lost to Real Salt Lake. For well, the opportunity yeah. to fight for one of those spots. But a Monterrey, Monterrey victory would have opened that door Don't put for this them. on Monterrey. Don't put that evil on them. Yeah. Come on, man. Show some solidarity with your Mexican clubs. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. To introduce to you, Lionel Andres Messi. Please welcome the world's number 10, Lionel Messi. Here it is. Messi! never seen anything like it. It's Marcel Marceau on the goal line. Well, now there's Guzman playing around a little bit again. Yeah, he's going to see the yellow card for that. Raccoon. <laughs> Poor guy. He's going to be so cold and wet. Vasquez sipping past the challenge. Vasquez! Lucas McNaughton after a long video review check. Into the 18, Pico avoids contact, not a shot, goal, he ripped it! Lionel Messi around Zimmerman, Messi! Stuck up, stuck down. The very first proper version of League's Cup has reached the end. Congrats again to Inter Miami, champions of the 2023 edition of League's Cup. But a lot of storylines, Herc, to talk about, and we will do it. Stuck up, stuck down. We have many options here in our touchscreen, and uh, we'll be talking about those, like Los Cuatro Grandes, Executives like Mikel Arreola, Don Garber, clubs, Austin, Philadelphia, Galaxy, yeah. Los Regios officiating. A lot of different options to choose from. So where, where do you want to start? 
All right, some clear uh, winners and losers in our stock up, stock down. If we're going to start with anybody who stock up, we got to start with Inter Miami, right? Who are the champions of League's Cup this year? A clear stock up. I don't think you can go anywhere else but up. They were the worst. No, excuse me. They still are the worst team in Major <laughs> League Soccer statistically. <laughs> Uh, the worst overall in uh, both conferences, if you will. A team that was caught up in drama, caught up in suspensions, caught up in fines, caught up in cheating, in scandals. In comes Lionel Messi, one player, and changes a franchise, changes it for the better. Now, a team that was nowhere near being relevant in Major League Soccer is now relevant on the global scale. Yes, it's Messi. But this is Inter Miami and what they've done in this tournament. And it's not only Messi, it's the other players that joined the team as well. And I'm not only talking about Sergio Busquets or Jordi Alba. It's a younger talent that has now joined Inter Miami. So, yes, they're still the worst team in Major League Soccer, but that team does not longer exist. This is a completely different team. We'll see if they're going to have time enough to make it to the playoffs. They still can go for the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. But yes, absolutely stuck up. Right. Um, let me go with a little, little team that's going down the road. Stuck down for Los Cuatro Grandes in Liga right. MX. Do Cuatro you agree? Grandes? Yeah, I mean. um, Chivas not even making it past the group stage. America losing to Nashville. And what do we say about Pumas and Cruz Azul? Uh, Pumas doesn't even draw well anymore for a big club. Something like hundreds of people came out to see him in D.C. against Querétaro. Say what you will, a big team draws well. They've not done that as of late. You mentioned Club América. Cruz Azul we can't even talk about because I don't even know what Cruz Azul is anymore. Club América is a team that's supposed to win no matter who's on the field. And it was a clear deficiency without Diego Valdez. Sure, uh, Henry Martin is a massive player, but without their playmaker Diego Valdez, they really hurt. And Chivas, first place Chivas, finalist last season, yeah. first place in this season. Two and out. Two games and they're done. Out. Both at the hands of Major League Soccer Club. So it's a, a massive stock down for Los Cuatro Grandes in Liga Man. And this is how bad it was for Cruz Azul. Tuca Ferretti was fired for the first time in the middle of a season in his 30-plus career as a manager in Liga MX. Yeah, not a good tournament for Los Cuatro Grandes. All right. Where, where do you want to know? go again? again so clubs, keep going up, keep going up. Let's go to stock up, right? Oh, this is where I want to go stock up. Can, can we get Robert Taylor a stock up? Who? Who? Robert Taylor. Robert Taylor from Finland, 28-year-old, who probably none of you had on your map or on your radar before the League's Cup started, ended up being Lionel Messi's probably favorite socio, favorite partner. Uh, the Finnish Di Maria, if you will. Four goals, three assists. I love that. And golazos. Yeah, Not that. just any type of golazos, worldlies. And the assist he gives Messi to start off the game against Orlando, chips it over the defense. Messi brings it down with his chest and bangs it in. He's been that type of player yep. for Inter Miami. And it's because of Messi. Messi brought something out of this player that we didn't know existed. Massive stock up. On Tuesday, we talked about how Messi's impact is not only stats, goals, now trophies, but it's also the quality of the players that, that surround him, elevating their level. Maybe no other big example as Robert Taylor. Um, let me go now with another, but now stock down. Um, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. Keep going, keep going. Uh, stop oh, that right there. You found it. Liga MX president, Mikel Arriola. This is how bad it's been for Mikel Arriola. His job is in jeopardy. I do not remember any other era in Mexican club uh, soccer, uh, in Mexican history, club level, that a president was as questioned 
as Mikel Arriola now is, it's gotten to this level. The perception that people in Mexico have regarding his job is he was used by Major League Soccer in order to have those Mexican clubs elevating the level of League's Cup. To what benefit? We had Tato Noriega on Football Americas and Oronuca yeah. saying to zero benefit to these clubs. He might survive this, but his back is against the wall. His back is definitely against the wall. It's a little unfair because it wasn't just him. He's the only lone representative of the previous regime. John De Luisa, the previous uh, Mexican Federation uh, president, was the one who signed off on this deal. But he's the representation. He's the figurehead. And he is who all pundits, fans, and everybody down south see as the sole person responsible for the terrible logistics in their eyes. Uh, these Liga Mekis clubs having to travel so much, the conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Everything they don't like about League's Cup is represented by Mikel Arriola. Yeah, and club executives were very, very, very angry at the conditions that were agreed upon for this tournament, and the man responsible for that is Mikel Arriola. All right, what do you have next? Stock up. Let's go, my friends. Here we go. Nashville. This is Gary Smith. Take a good look. There's no team in League's Cup that plays to the DNA of their manager, their style, as Nashville does for Gary Smith. And let me tell you something about Nashville. Nashville's a team that you knew was hard to play against. You knew they could provide good moments. You knew they had Hani Mukhtar, but you didn't think could do this. Their road to the final, just as hard as anybody else's road out there. We're talking about facing Toluca in a seven-game thriller, or seven-goal thriller, excuse me. We're talking about facing Cincinnati, league leaders in Major League Soccer. They're out as well. Club America, get them out as well. Going on to beat a very good Minnesota United team, and then coming into the final and battling out into penalty kicks with this inter-Miami team. Nashville, they have my respect, and you know what else they have now? A CONCACAF yeah. Champions League spot. And don't, don't forget about Champions the cup spot, excuse me. Do not forget the way they played Rayados de Monterrey. Correct. The richest club in the region, one of the best squads in the Americas. Uh, yeah, definitely a great tournament for Nashville. Now, I want to ask you about the following team that I'm going to pick as going down, down, downhill. Stuck down for Austin FC? Yeah, I think you have to. And should it really surprise us? It's another cup exit for Austin FC. Um, that's not surprising because we've seen them go out in the Open Cup uh, twice. We've seen them go out uh, in the CONCACAF Champions Cup, Champions League, when they were participating in that, uh, at the hands of the Haitian club, uh, Violet. And now we see them go out at the hands of Mazatlan yeah. and Juarez, which is very, very surprising. Give Juarez and Mazatlan their credit, but that same Juarez team that beat Austin, that embarrassed Austin, then goes on and gets embarrassed by LAFC. They drop a touchdown and an extra point on them. Austin FC is a much better team than they show when it comes to playing cups, but they're in a cup and it's another stock down. Even the, uh, the new club's sporting director, Rodolfo Borrell, saying, listen, this team probably overachieved last <laughs> season. I'm not sure is that is exactly what the fans want to hear from their sporting director. Uh, let's go with this one. I, I want to I wanna take one positive. It's been all negative okay. for me. Let me take one positive. All right, take a positive. What do you think of Los Regios? We already spoke about Los Cuatro <laughs> Grandes as stock down, but Monterrey, Monterrey had a really good tournament in the beginning, but back-to-back -back losses to Major League Soccer clubs for the first time in their history, losing to Nashville and then losing the game for the third place again. Nashville, yes, uh, Philly, I'm sorry. Yes, playing mostly subs and players from the academy. But the fact that the, these teams had to face each other very early in the tournament, I don't think it helped League's Cup, but I think it tells you how this rivalry is 
probably peak it. Is it one of the best moments? The two strong, very strong clubs from the right. You need to know about Los Regios. Uh, it's the new money. Uh, those cuatro grandes are the old money. In comes Los Regios with all this financial power, buying up the stars in the region. Uh, it's a destination team. All the best players in the league now find themselves wanting to go there or there. And it's a team that consistently, or teams that consistently fight for championships, for titles. They're consistently there. Consistency is what best marks these two teams. A very bright spot in this League's Cup for Liga Mekis teams. Tigres, the only or the only uh, Mexican team that actually didn't lose to a Major League Soccer team. And you already mentioned Monterrey. A little bit of misfortune there. Ran okay. out of gas, injuries, etc. Let, let me play devil's advocate here. The fact that neither of them made it to the final with all their potential. Can we play the other card here? The other side of the coin. Wasn't it like a failure for Tigres and Rayados for not making it all the way well, to the title? Well, it's, it's a failure anytime a club like that doesn't make a final and win a final. Forget it making a final. But if you look at the way the tournament was set up, that side of yeah. the bracket, they were going to meet each other. One could say, I wish I was on Querétaro side of the bracket. I wish I was on Philly side of the bracket. I wish I was on Inter-Miami side of the bracket. But that wasn't the case for a lot of these clubs. And one more spot for stock down. Here are the options. Where are you going to go? I think it's very, very uh, obvious where we're going oh, here. Galaxy? No, uh -oh. no, no. Uh -oh. The Galaxy, LAFC, Don Garber, uh, they're, Philly, they're not in this radar. It's the officiating here. Uh, say what you will. I think the officiating has been used as an excuse, pretexto, by many. Uh, many down south especially. But the officiating was horrendous. But it was horrendous for both. Yeah. For Major League Soccer, for Liga Mekis. It was horrendous by Major League Soccer refs, by Liga Mekis refs, by the Caribbean referees, by the Central American referees, by VAR. Everything about the officiating in this tournament was awful. It, it just damn near stunk. It was that bad. And it really is a stock down. I am in no way buying the conspiracy theories that said that the officiating was there to help Major League Soccer teams, to help Lionel Messi win the title uh, in no way that's true but something needs to happen in order especially for the fans the fans need certainty that the games are going to be officiated the right way now this is not just a problem for CONCACAF or Liga MX or Major League Soccer worldwide we've seen how officiating is truly struggling but especially now in the tournament as fast as quick as League's Cup it is sometimes more evident, I believe, that was the case. It was definitely the case. Uh, a little bit of transparency would help. And there are certain camera angles that VAR has available to them that the viewer does not. And when the viewer doesn't have that, it's not transparent. They don't know why something was called. They're seeing an image that clearly tells them something else. So, yes, a massive stock down, and uh, it can definitely get better. Yeah, some sort of winners and losers for League Cup. But now, Herc, you got a chance to think about this for a moment. Do you have your best 11? You know I got my Leak best Scub. 11. Okay. I, I wonder, I wonder, roll out the best I wonder who you're going to pick. All right, this is, a, this is a, a good one here, a good exercise. I went with uh, Drake Callender. I thought Drake Callender had himself an excellent term. He was very big when he needed to. Uh, and especially for Inter-Miami, that we had our defensive doubts about them, but there were many times uh, throughout the knockout phase that he came up very big. It wasn't just when he blocked the penalty kick uh, against Atlanta United. It wasn't just the final when he had big moments. Throughout the tournament, he had 
quite in selective moments where he was massive at straight calendar and goal. Kai Wagner, uh, Philly Union left back, one of the players that most created offense and offensive opportunities in this tournament. Uh, a very good player. Uh, the guy's always whipping balls in. He's a consistent threat down that left-hand side. Hector Moreno for, for Monterrey, believe it or not, was one of the most consistent defenders, one of the best center backs in this tournament, uh, especially for uh, Rayados de Monterrey. He had a very good tournament himself. Walker Zimmerman was massive yeah. on both sides of the ball. Even in the final. Yeah, it, it, even in this final, I, two goals off a of set pieces, timely goals, defensive interceptions, anticipations. He was very good as advertised for the defensive DP of uh, Nashville, SC. And then DeAndre Yedlin. We saw a different DeAndre Yedlin in this league's cup. Up and down the field, tucking in, uh, being that guy that stretched the field, uh, linking up very well with Messi, with, the, with Busquets, finding him in that offensive third. I thought he was very good. And then Busquets. Let me stop you right there for, for just a second because much is being Don't said about greatness. the quality, the quality <laughs> of goalkeeping, the quality of defending in Major League Soccer. Only one Liga MX defender, Hector Moreno. Yeah, that's all we got. That's all we got. You got to get to the final games. There were uh, two teams in the final eight, one in the final four for Liga MX. Uh, this is about consistency, about getting there. So that's what we're measuring with. Busquets, what can you say yeah. about him and his vision? I think it's, it's, it's self-explanatory why he's there. He's been that good. Bueno for Philly. My man, Jesus Bueno for Philly, had himself two goals, four assists. He was consistently just dangerous. Everybody talked about Martinez. Everybody was talking about Gazda. Everybody was talking about Carranza. Bueno was one of the lone standout. Bueno like, was really, really. Bueno was bueno. Come on. Come on. It was easy. It was just, it was there. Bueno, bueno was bueno. Goes without bueno saying. Bueno was bueno. Hani Mukhtar had himself before he reached the final sixth assist. Uh, not too many goals. He had a goal taken back against Monterrey that was just a worldly, but massive, massive star, Hani Mukhtar. Uh, and then you have, uh, we already mentioned Robert Taylor, the Finnish Di Maria, if you will. Juan Lenguane is uh, an interesting player for me. It's Boncale Juan Lenguane. He's a South African that plays for Minnesota. Seven goals, one assist out of nowhere. I don't know where this tournament. The only game he didn't score in was that one game they got routed by at Nashville. There was an early red card, um, and and that was it for them. But he was massive. Seven goals, one assist, and then the player of the tournament needs no introduction. <laughs> Lionel, Andres, uh, Messi. What, what else are we going to say that we haven't said before? I mean, we scored ten goals. We can we can we do a top ten with just his ten goals, producer? Beto? I think because, that's a good idea. Because I mean, this that's guy a was a walking idea. highlight. Yeah. The, the player of the tournament by far, Mr. League's Cup. Uh, you didn't name a manager, but I'm guessing you're going with Tata Martino as well. Um, the way he adjusted so quick, or not? When you have Messi, doesn't matter who the manager really is. I'm giving it to Gary Smith. Okay, good. I like it. I like it. Gary Smith. That's a good call. All right. That's a wrap for League's Cup. Of course, on Monday of Football Americas, we'll talk a little more in depth on the tournament. The action continues on Sunday of La Liga. Week number two, Barcelona hosting Cadiz. The first time they're going to play at home officially in Montjuic, starting at 1.25 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Deportes and on ESPN+. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Well, Chris Zimmerman, uh, commiserations, obviously a tremendous performance from you and the team, a collective effort. Your thoughts? Yeah, I thought we put in a good shift. Um, we definitely had enough chances to win it. Um, you know, it's hard to lose a final at home. This is an opportunity that we've been looking forward to as a team for four years now. So to have the opportunity in front of our home fans to, to go lift a trophy is uh, its hard when you come up short. But I'm really proud of the group, proud of the month that we had, the performances that we had as a team, and we're going to keep building from this. I think it's fair to say that collectively you probably and your team did the very best against Lionel Messi and Inter Miami. In fact, some of those players, Sergio Busquets, probably under par against, I think, a very good, strong, focused, you know, Nashville. Do you think part of it was just this collective unity throughout and thought that maybe you could push through? I think that's our identity. I think when people watch Nashville play, they know that we're a team and and we're not going to uh, give up easy chances. We're going to be a collective that works for each other. And so that's that's where I feel proud uh, to be a leader of this group is the way that everyone runs for one another, the way that everyone fights for one another. Uh, it's tangible, and uh, I'm really proud of the whole group. Your fan base is ridiculous, and, and no doubt they pushed it through the toughest times as well. 100%. Fans showed up tonight. Um, you know, they wanted to see the first championship in the state of Tennessee. Again, we fell up short, but they, they were amazing. It was a great atmosphere tonight. They kept pushing us forward to get get the equalizer, get back in the game, and uh, yeah, we just feel bad that we couldn't pull it off for him. Final question, Walker, is not completely done. I mean, Champions Cup is at least some kind of consolation. You know, thoughts on the future and, and looking ahead for Nashville? It's important, you know, putting ourselves into Champions League was a, a big accomplishment. Uh, one of the goals that we set out for at the start of this tournament, and um, I guess that's the silver lining in all of this, is qualification for Champions League, uh, pushing for um, a good performance there next year in 2024, but uh, it told us a lot about this group this month. And again, I'm proud of the foundation that we have, and we're going to keep moving forward. Walker Zimmerman, commiserations on a heroic performance. Seriously. Thank you. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ah, uh, what a show. What a show. Inter Miami champs. Lionel Messi 
wins the trophy in CONCACAF, something I never thought I would say on international television. On Monday, we'll be back with an exclusive conversation with MLS Commissioner Don Garber and Luis Miguel Echegaray. Remember to download the Football Americas podcast wherever you get your podcast. And Rose, the, enjoy the rest of your yeah, weekend. Don't forget, CONCACAF Abroad. Producer Beto wants to know about red card. Here you go. He said. This was Football Americas. We'll see you next time.